0: How's everybody doing? Right. You look good in here. This is great. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've been up here at Thrive. So, Merry Christmas. Uh, I, I, I don't know if uh, Pastor Dave has wished you a Merry Christmas yet. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, I'm from Fellowship Baptist. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the associate pastors of the Sending Church of Thrive. So, it's always cool to see all of your faces and some new faces here today as well. That's encouraging. So, Thanks for coming out uh, for just a short service in the afternoon here. Uh, If you would go ahead and take your Bible, and uh, we are going to have a Christmas message, okay? Is that cool? Christmas. Uh, Does anybody love, love, love Christmas? It's your favorite. It's your favorite season holiday. Raise your hand. Keep them up. Look around. All the people like you. Is anybody like, okay, is anybody weird and would say Halloween's your favorite? Would anybody do that in church? Good for you. Okay, we have a good church here. Some people... See, you're like, I don't know if I should do that or not. Does anybody watch uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas? Raise your hand. Some of... I have noticed there's like... Like, if you like that movie, you don't just... Like it. You like. Love it. And I I don't love it, but I'm glad you do. And I'm glad I kind of know who I'm speaking to here. uh, The Christmas fans and the the Nightmare Christmas fans. But uh, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. Let's pray together and we'll get into the the lesson. Uh, Father, I come to you and I thank you for this church. Thank you for how you've um, led each person here. Uh, for some reason, you brought them in this place today. I pray that you'd help your word to meet their needs. I pray that you'd speak through me. I pray you'd work through me. But I pray for Thrive Church. I pray for uh, just that the, you would use this church in this community. Thank you for for placing a lighthouse here, a place to share the gospel where people can hear your word. And um, I just pray that you would help them to continue forward. And I thank you so much for Uh, just these uh, couple years they've been here and we praise you for giving us another day and we ask this in Jesus name Amen um, I, I heard that there were some uh, some new members. I think Pastor Dave may recognize you. I just wondered: is anybody newer to the church? Raise your hand. New members uh, going through uh, the membership class. Like we, uh, Pastor Dave has an office right next door to me, so uh, I get to spend time with him. We'll go to coffee sometimes, and I'll get to hear like what's going on. And it is really encouraging uh, to hear uh, what's going on because uh, you know sometimes my my life is not as exciting as what's going on at Thrive. Does anyone ever feel that way? Like. Uh, Is anyone having a hard time in life right now? Please be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. Um, The last several weeks have been difficult, just difficult. Okay, and I say that, and it almost sounds funny because a lot of you are my Facebook friends, and you're like, "Didn't you just go on vacation?" Yes, I did. And uh, before vacation, uh, it was like a really difficult weeks, and then I went on vacation, and I came back thinking. All my problems are gone. I just, I, just, I just rested, and we had a lot of fun as a family. And I came back in, and all my problems that I left were still there. Have you ever felt like that on vacation? And uh, that's, that's where I was at. Um, so I want to share with you... Does this thing move around a little bit? Hey, there we go. Uh, I'm going to move this a little bit here. So uh, before I get into the verse and the passage I want to be in, um, there, there are three feelings... Yes, men can feel. Uh, There are three feelings that that I face often, okay? And I want to, please let me know if you relate to these by like nodding your head, letting me know. I want to check in with you. So there's three feelings that I face often, and uh, what we're going to learn about uh, Jesus when it comes to Christmas will help you, and they help me with these things that I face. So I figure this would be a helpful message for you. Uh, The three things are this, and you can write them down. Uh, Number one is loneliness, Number two is inadequacy, and number three is just general hard times, okay? Loneliness, inadequacy, and hard times, so uh, we took a vacation recently, and it was awesome. Did you like it, Brock? It was fun. This is my son Brock up here, sitting next to his friend Kate. He's so glad he could come to Thrive and hang with his buddy. Um, we went down to Florida and jumped on a cruise, and I praise God that we could do that. It was an awesome time with our family, but... Um, When you go on a long trip, we drove to Florida. I wish we could have flown to Florida, but we drove to Florida. And uh, driving and going on vacation, you know, uh, if you're like me, you go busy, busy, busy. When you stop, your mind thinks a lot. Anyone ever felt that? Your mind thinks a lot. So I'm driving on the way to Florida And I'm just thinking about all kinds of stuff. I'm thinking about the problems I'm dealing with. I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about what I want to do on vacation. I just think about all this stuff. And I'm, I'm looking around my car, and I'm thinking, who can I tell this to? I want to I wanna talk to my wife. Well, she's scrolling, or she's sleeping. She was doing something. That's just, I drive. That's my role on, on vacation. I drive the car. Everyone else does whatever they want to do. And so the kids, uh, they're in the back. We hooked up the Nintendo Switch. We've got this uh, uh, awesome accessible van and this TV screen. So they're back there playing the Switch. So my wife is busy. My kids are busy. and I'm like, okay, I'll call my friends. So I start thinking, who are my friends? Who can I call? And so I think, I know uh, we had some good friends we went on a vacation with. I got a friend named Jared. I'm, like, I'm going to call Jared. Jared will answer my call, and I'll tell him everything going on in my life. So I, I make a phone call. I call Jared. Jared doesn't answer. I'm like, man, what a good friend. You know, this is, uh, this is not working out well. So, uh, so uh, Jared doesn't answer. Uh, and then I dial my other friend. He doesn't answer either. Uh, I I knew what some other people in my life that I knew were doing and I was like, man, I just began to feel really bad for myself and I want you to feel bad for me too. Uh, So I felt at that moment, I have nobody that I can call. You know, sometimes you say that to yourself and uh, it's partially true. You know, there's some truth to it. Obviously, you might be forgetting about other people that would say, hey, call me, I'll talk or whatever. But um, the thought comes to me in the car and I really thought about this, I said, man, I I don't, I don't have anybody. I, I really felt lonely. I'm driving down the highway I, and I'm looking around and I see cool things. and I can't even tell my wife. I'm like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a car with the closest people to me and I got nobody to talk to. And I really feel this way. Has anybody ever felt lonely? You with me? Okay. Okay. So you understand that. Um, I, I realize that. And sometimes I feel that way with my problems. It's like I am the only one with these problems and, and I have nobody to tell them to. I have nobody to talk to. I want you to know that, that pastors are real people too, okay? Pastor Dave's a real person, and he, he needs your help sometimes, and uh, he, needs, he needs some friends, but uh, that's not the point of this message. So loneliness is something I face often. Uh, the second is inadequacy. Uh, so I wonder uh, for you all, how is work going? Y'all loving it? Every day of it? You love work every single day? Um, does anyone love their job? Raise your hand if you love it. You love your. Okay, great, very good. That's awesome. You love your job. Is anyone here looking for a job? Anyone here looking for a job? No one currently looking for a job. Is any? I was going to ask if anyone was hiring and see if I could, you know, do some matching up here. Um, okay, so work is going okay. What about parenting? How how is that? Is that you feel like you're just fantastic at it? How about your marriage? Is a uh, loving, fulfilling, satisfying marriage just coming easy to you? Uh, you? See, you're like, I don't know. This is. He's asking questions. I don't know if I should respond in front of all these people. How about dads being a father? Doing a good job? Or... You feel like, huh, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I, how to do this. How, how am I supposed to do this? Nobody, nobody gave me a book about this. Nobody told me how to do this. Being a father, being a mother. How about school? If you're in school in here today, is school just so easy? You always feel like you're up to the, up to the task. It's no problem. Each of us has roles to fill. We have various roles in our life. I'm a pastor. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I've got this ministry that we do. Um, there's various things that I do. Uh, today I get to be the stand-in preacher at Thrive. You know, I've got this role to fill today. On some days, with all my roles, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty confident. I feel like I can do this. I'm, I'm up to the challenge. But some days, I feel like, like an imposter. Why am I here? Oh, man, God bless my kids. How are they ever going to make it? You know, <laughs> you ever feel that way as a, as a parent? Uh, you, you think, man, how, how, how could, how are my kids even going to avoid jail? You know, you think that sometimes as your kids, they're fighting with each other. Um, we feel inadequate. Uh, has anyone ever been to the happiest place on earth? The happiest place? Where is the happiest place? Supposedly. Disney. Disney. Did you guys go to Disney recently, was it ha- the happiest place? They're like, nah, nah. is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. Well, I remember clearly going to this happiest place, paying money, you know, we, we go, you go to this happiest place. We've been there a few times, but we go to this place and it's like, your kids should walk in smiling. They should come in just overjoyed, looking for Mickey, wanting to like give each other high fives and, and just cheer like on the commercials. All the commercials are great right now. There's a lot of Disney commercials I, I see. And you know what? Um, our kids, in the happiest place on earth, probably just like your kids, they can fight with each other. Can you believe that? You guys wouldn't do that, would you, Brock? No? No, wouldn't do that. You know, don't feel bad because it's, it's all kids do that. The happiest place on earth isn't always happy. Uh, But when you're there as a parent and uh, you're like, your expectations of what it was going to be as a parent, whether that's in your house or at Disney World, you're like, it shouldn't be this way. And I feel so incapable of doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how how to be a mom. I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't know how to do whatever it is God called you to do. And you have these feelings, and I have these feelings, of being inadequate or, or being not enough. It's like, I... I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. And uh, sometimes it's overwhelming uh, because you have to be all those things all at one time. You know? Feeling inadequate. All right, right now I need... uh, I need some participation. We're going to get, this is a small church. This is great. I love how you guys are like packed in here. It's really good. Uh, we're experiencing sort of this at fellowship because we're going through a building project and we, uh, we closed down our auditorium and now like we've torn it all to pieces and they're rebuilding it uh, to like renovate it or whatever. So we're in our fellowship hall and we're all packed in like this, uh, but it's nice. It's kind of like this good family atmosphere. You can talk amongst each other. So I'm curious right now, what hard times are you facing uh, right now? Just you can shout out to me. If you had to name your hard time, I'm dealing with insert problem. What, are, what, are, what kind of problems are you all facing here at Thrive? It's okay to be human. Go ahead. Anything? Anxiety. Anxiety. Okay. School? What else? Marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Finances, okay. Distance from family. Yeah. Ah, that's hard. Um, what about just family around the holidays? You know, it can add added stress sometimes. Just, just being real. You know, it's not. We it's not not all. What do they say? A bed of roses, which sounds terrible anyway. A uh, bed of roses don't they have thorns in them. Um, but. You you know, um, it's not always nice with family. Uh, You can't always see family when you want to. Uh, Around this time of year, you know, there's a lot of pressure to buy things for everybody that you're going to see, right? You can't always buy everything you want on Amazon. Why not? Man, that stinks. But uh, this is a pressure. These are things that we're facing. Um, Anything else? I want you to look to your neighbor and I want you to say this. Life is hard. And then look to your other neighbor and say, Life is hard. Say it like you feel it, you know? And then look to your other neighbor and just say back, I know what you're talking about. Listen, we are all in this world, we're all human here. Life is hard sometimes. Uh, some of you don't want to let on how hard it is. Um, this is. This is a difficult season for so many that are grieving, so many that are facing financial troubles, some are facing disease, some are facing job loss. It's hard. And oftentimes, it leaves us feeling overwhelmed, hopeless. It all works together. But what does this have to do with Christmas? Christmas. Um, this is one of those messages. We just had problem. And now we're going to solution, okay? Uh, so that was uh, the problem here. We all face a lot of stuff, all right? And for me, I, I really do face the feeling of loneliness. I really do feel like I'm not enough. And life just sometimes is like, okay. I, please don't bring me another problem. I don't think I can handle it. I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to explain how Jesus can help. With this. In Matthew chapter one, we're gonna read part of the story of Jesus coming to earth. And in this passage, God's word uses an amazing name of Jesus that I want to speak about for a little while. And if you understand the name that they call Jesus and you realize what that really means to your life, it will change all of these things that we face. It will help you through, it will it will change your mindset. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. Meaning they're like fiancé. That would be our term today. They're, they're engaged. Uh, they're engaged. Now this is interesting. But she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, be uh, her husband... Uh, it was, they they use this term husband. It's a little bit different than we use it today. Today we have uh, engaged, and then we have when we get married, it's husband. There it was more like a betrothal, like uh, a promise. Uh, they weren't quite yet uh, completely married. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, and then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I don't want you to be distracted as a church with everything the world is pushing about Christmas and what it is. Uh, We we need, a lot of people, uh, Christians will wear t-shirts and put bumper stickers on, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. And if we're, if we've been saved for any amount of time, we sometimes see that as cliche. Don't let that be cliche for you. Realize and and use this time as a focus on what it's really about. Christmas is about the Savior. While dreaming, uh, Joseph, uh, he's got this fiance and uh, the angel comes to him in his dream in this passage and explains her pregnancy I, I would want an explanation and he, I'm sure he wanted an explanation and maybe he went to bed that night praying God I what is going on here what I'm I'm engaged to this person we're not fully married yet she is pregnant and I don't know how it happened. You know, he's like, what, what is going on here? And this angel, uh, this explanation comes in a dream to him that this baby was conceived supernaturally. Supernaturally, of the Holy Ghost. It's something that was done uh, only the way God could do it. Uh, and the Bible says that she was a virgin. Uh, and this baby's about to be born, and this, ba- this baby is special. This baby would be the Messiah. He would be God in human flesh, here, with the purpose of saving people from their sins. That is the purpose of Jesus. But in verse 23, this is definitely my favorite name uh, for Jesus, my, my, the way He is described here. They, they use a special name. Verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call His name, say it out loud, Amen. Emmanuel. You've heard all the songs, right? Amen. Yeah, Shelley was singing it to me earlier, uh, these songs that are out there. You, sometimes you hear these Christmassy words, and you're like, Emmanuel, what does that mean? Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. I don't want you to miss the meaning of this and how it applies to your life. This name, Emmanuel, was a name that was prophesied in the past. All the way back in Isaiah, there was a prophecy, and you'll see it's very similar to this verse. It says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. It's, it's the pairing of two Hebrew words, and it simply means God with us. God here, right now, in present with us. He came to become a human. Jesus was not an ordinary baby, okay? I'm probably telling a lot of you a lot that you already know, but he was not ordinary. He, he was not born in an ordinary way. It, he is not the child of Joseph and Mary. He is the child of the Holy Spirit, God's son, uh, born of a virgin, okay? This lady was a virgin in all the, all the meanings that we have, okay? Uh, Jesus was God in the flesh, I want you to turn to John chapter 1. So we're we're just in Matthew chapter 1, and you're going to go forward uh, three books in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 1. And I want you to see why Jesus was so special and what what happened with Jesus becoming God God with us. Uh, John chapter 1, in verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. We're getting a little history lesson. At the very beginning, before anything existed, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. This Word. Everything was made by the Word. The Word is the Creator. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. If you skip down uh, to verse number 14, the Bible says, And the Word, this Word that was before, this Word that made everything, the Word that was both with God and was God, this Word was made flesh. Speaking about Jesus. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was God in the very beginning. Before the whole Adam and Eve stuff happened, Jesus was God. Wherever God was, that's where He was, with God. And Jesus was God in the beginning. And Jesus, what we call the incarnation at Christmas, this birth of Jesus, was God becoming a human it's the craziest thing how does that work i don't really know how it works i just know that it does work okay uh i I don't have a clear explanation for that uh this is the way it says god somehow caused the virgin to conceive and she had this special baby that was god in the flesh but have have you ever asked the question why would god become a human What's the significance of God becoming human? Why, why did He do that? Uh, he didn't have to do that. I'm, I'm going to quote you a verse. You can listen to it. It may make it to the screen there. Hebrews 4, verse number 15. Speaking about Jesus, says, "...for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin." Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. say, why would God become a human? Why is this significant to me? Jesus became a human so he could understand us. You understand, there's there's something that Jesus experienced, uh, humanity, just as we did. So now that there's a, a relationship that we can have, He knows how we feel because He's felt. He understands our experiences because He experienced. It's not that there's a God that is in heaven and always was in heaven and He just stayed there and He's like looking down with us. He came to earth to experience earth, to experience family, to experience the things that you are facing right now. Jesus felt emotions that we feel. You ever thought about that? And he experienced hurts like we experienced. Uh, in Matthew nine thirty six, Jesus experiences compassion for others. Uh, it's recorded that he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. There were things that he cared deeply about. When He looked at people, maybe you have children or maybe you have someone in your family and you just love them deeply. Jesus had people in His life that He loved deeply. In John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus experienced sorrow. Jesus experienced grief. When the Bible says in the shortest verses that when the kids have to say their verses, this is the one they love because it's only two words. Jesus wept. Okay? When you think about that Jesus wept, remember it's God weeping. God wept. God can't understand what I feel. God can't know how hard it is. He lost someone and he wept. He wept sorely for his friend when he died. Jesus experienced anger at the judgment of others. In Mark 3 verse 5, When he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. You ever just been ticked off at somebody and you're like, why is this injustice taking place? Jesus felt the same fire, the same passion. He saw the same problems. Jesus experienced sorrow and Jesus experienced what it meant to be overwhelmed. Uh, Has anyone ever felt overwhelmed? Yeah. Um, We were... uh, uh, we like to watch movies. Anyone here like to watch movies? We, it's just fun, okay? If you say, ah, we don't do movies, well, you go watch a nice, fun family movie. Uh, we got to see Wonka, okay? I'm not endorsing Wonka. It was awesome. Um, but there was, a, uh, there was a preview before Wonka, and uh, it, in the preview, it was for the new movie Inside Out 2, I think, or 3, or whatever which one it is. Not my favorite movie, but now... Instead of just those uh, feelings of like sad and angry and happy and I think it was joy or something, you had like four in the first one. In the next one, they have those four and apparently like the next one that comes in is anxiety. And then they have all these other emotions they put in the preview. They're like, and everything else uh, because this girl's a teenager now or something like that. that. That's the concept of the movie. But I think about that. I was thinking about that yesterday in relation to the message. Doesn't matter if it's overwhelmed. Doesn't matter if it's grief. Doesn't matter if it's anxiety. Doesn't matter if it's stress. Whatever word you use to describe how you feel, Jesus became a human so he could feel. He felt emotions that you feel. Uh, he, He is not a God that doesn't understand you. Why is Jesus becoming a human important to you? It's because Jesus understands you, Jesus knows how you feel. Jesus came here. Here, Here's here's where it gets really practical, this God with us. See, you've got this almighty God, this all-powerful God, but he's also an understanding God, a caring God. And he came for a purpose. say, why did he come? He came because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be with you, wants to be God with you at all times. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16, we get some insight into how God relates to us. The Bible says in what agreement has the temple of God with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. God doesn't just want to uh, he doesn't want you just to know he exists out there somewhere. He became a baby at Christmas, and his, his, you know, Mary got to actually hold him. He was physically present. And the Bible says that, that that baby that was God with us, that was physically present, he grew up and he never sinned one time, not even once. He never thought one thing wrong, said one thing wrong, did one thing wrong. You say, Wow, he is, isn't he perfect? Yes, he is perfect. And the reason he was perfect was because I'm not, and you're not perfect. That's the whole reason. And and Jesus came as a perfect sacrifice to take the place of the unperfect people. That we earned our sin. We earned a punishment for our sin and Jesus died on the cross. He paid for that. He was the only one that could ever do that. And Jesus did that. Now you say, well, isn't Jesus with me right now? No, he's not. The Bible says Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead. He was on the earth for just a little bit of time after that. He saw some people. He did some miracles. He did some things. But the Bible says that there was one day he was in like a, a place with his disciples, his followers, kind of, kind of like this. But he was definitely outside because he took off the ground and he went up into the air and he went up into heaven. And the Bible says uh, before he went to heaven, he was preaching this message. And, and Jesus said, hey, it's good for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I'm going to send another comforter. See, Jesus is a comforter. Uh, you know, some of you have your little sheety from when you were a t- uh, little blankie from when you're a baby. It's comforting, right? Anyone ever have that? You're not going to raise your hand, uh, but you have a little something, a little stuffed animal. You're like, I love this thing. I'm not getting it's a comfort. That's what Jesus was, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. The idea is, is God with us when we are in the stuff of life, and it is hard we have a comfort. We have somebody that we can go to and and He's there for us. He's with us. He understands us. He can help us. So Jesus left. He sent the Holy Spirit and the Bible says that if you believe on Jesus, the fact that He died for you, that He was buried and rose from the dead, and if you call upon Him for salvation, the Bible says you can have the Holy Spirit living inside you. God lives within you at all times. It's God with us, it's it's that whole meaning of Emmanuel, God with us. I, I want you to write down. Uh, here's here's the points of my message. You see, I don't even know if you got the points yet. Uh, here's a few points that I have, and then we're going to wrap this up today. Uh, for for Christians, this is mainly for those if you have believed on Jesus, uh, because God is with me. Number one, I am never alone. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you've got to realize the truth of who He is and who the Holy Spirit is now in your life. He is God with you. God, He lives in you. He's with you. It's uh, in churches, and this, it's great that you don't have this experience of coming to a church building necessarily because people used to say, let's go to the house of God. What does that even mean? Because He don't live there. He doesn't say He lives there. He says He lives in you. You are the house of God. And, and so it's like you don't leave Jesus here. You don't leave God here when you guys go home. He's always with you. He's with you at work. He's with you with your kids. He's with you in every hard time that you have. He's with you when you drive down the road all the way to Florida and you're the only one awake in the car. Uh, he's with you, okay? God is with you. And because He is with you, you will never be alone alone. Psycho services to the children's area, please. Psycho services to the children's area. Thank you. That's interesting. Does that normally happen in here? All right. Hebrews thirteen five. Let me read this to you. Let your conversation be without covetousness and, I, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Um, uh, th- this is really uh, an important verse when it comes time for wanting to buy stuff. You know, this deal of covetousness. The Bible says the answer to covetousness and wanting things is Jesus. It's like he's the best thing you can have. And by the way, he'll never leave you. All right, he's he's God with us. Uh, because God is with me, I am never alone. Uh, second point: uh, because God is with me, I am always enough. Write that down. I am always enough. Romans eight verse thirty one says, "What shall we say then uh, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us?" Um. As a mother. As a father, in your marriage, in your workplace, when you feel inadequate, when you're standing there and you've got a task ahead of you or you've got a responsibility to fill, and listen, you may feel all by yourself inadequate, like you're the only one that can't handle things. Humans feel that way. This is a normal thing that we feel. We feel like we're not enough. And the truth is, you are not enough all by yourself. But you are not by yourself. You are with one that's on your side and he is the one that strengthens you to be enough. With Jesus, we are always enough. I am always enough, and if God is on your side, if he has something he's called you to do, if he's put you in a place to be, uh, and if you have kids, God has put you in that place to be the parents of those kids at this time. He hasn't called anyone else to be the parents, so, so you should step up and step in and say, God, I need you to strengthen me in this, and God will be with you. He will help you to be the dad that you need to be, to be the mom that you need to be, to be whatever you do in your workplace. God will make you be enough. He's for you. You're always enough. And and thirdly today, because God is with me, I always have help. I always have help. Um, I don't want you to ever get to your difficult times in life and feel hopeless. God doesn't want you to ever feel hopeless. Ever. Ever. We, we always have hope because of Christ. And in this passage, uh, this name of Jesus, He's called Emmanuel, God with us. And when you know Christ is your Savior, you always have a helper with you. In Philippians chapter 4, one of the best verses, uh, this verse says, uh, verse, for, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In this passage, it's, it wasn't necessarily about, um, I can fly if I jump off a building because Christ is with me. That's not, it's not saying you can just do anything you imagine. That's not what it's saying at all. It's that no matter how difficult things get, no matter what you're going through, you're able to do those things. You're able to make it because Christ is with you. God is with us. Okay, um, in in Philippians, Paul was going through some tough stuff. He was in prison, and he's writing. And everybody knows Philippians as this uh, book about being joyous. How do you be joyous when you're in prison? And it's the idea that wh- whether things in my life are going great or whether things in my life are going poorly, I always have Jesus with me, and I can do all things. I can make it through all things. This thing may, it might seem really bad that you're dealing with. Maybe you get a diagnosis, and you say, "I don't know how I." will handle it. You will handle it because God will help you handle it. You will handle it because you have the Holy Spirit in there and he will strengthen you through it. You say, I just don't know how I can finish school I don't know how I can accomplish this task at work. I don't know how I can do insert whatever your hard difficult thing is. you can do it and you will do it because God's going to strengthen you. So as you go through wouldn't it be the silliest thing if we're believers and God, Almighty God from beginning that created all things, living and dwelling in us. Wouldn't it be the craziest thing if if that's true, if we pretend and live as if it's not true? We just go every day and we say, "I, I just, I am so lonely. I'm just the loneliest, loneliest person. You may need some friends, but you are never alone. We need to begin to allow what the Bible says to let that God's word will transform us by renewing our mind. And some of us believe the lie that you are all alone and you are not all alone because God is with you. And some of us believe the lie from time to time and we say, I am not enough. You are enough and God is going to help you. Some of you say, I will never make it through. This is a hopeless situation. No, no, there is hope. You've got to believe there is hope because Christ lives in you through the Holy Spirit and he will help you. God is. Is with us, and at this Christmas time, man. When you when you think about uh, the gifts and all the stuff you're going to do with your family, you just I just want us to end today. We just got to thank God that He didn't just stay up there in heaven and uh, leave us down here to fend for ourselves. He is with us every single day, every single moment, no matter where we are, no matter what we're dealing with. He is God with us.